Here's the latest CSM interview from Talking in Stations. Jaha Pranyar, how are you doing? I'm good, and yourself? I'm really good. So you work for Eve Uni. I do, I do. That's just my sort of one of the faces that I wear currently. I've um, and my face for the CSM, I suppose. But uh, I've been in the game for quite a quite a while. But yeah, Jaha's my uni my uni face. Mm -hmm. I have another character by the same last name that's substantially older, but uh, I keep her sort of uh, like my uh, like Jaha's evil sister, I suppose. I was gonna ask sister or wife. <laughs> yeah, evil sister. I'm sure. Isn't that funny? Like when you have one character, you identify with the one character and then you're like, I need an alt. But then well, you can't identify with that one yeah, character anymore. Actually, when I came back, CCP was unable to locate my, not my account, but just the character. And I don't, they had some error or something happen and it took them about a month. So I had started another character and then they, they merged my account. They located my character, moved all the stuff to a station, like from all over the universe together and then offered to merge my accounts together. So I had already just been playing and that's how Jaha came to be. But, um, Actually, it's actually served its purposes because you don't... Uh, it's like asset need. safety before it was ever invented. Yeah, so they they put it all together because it was like three plex. Like it was, it was when plex was one plex a month and it was three plex. Like you had to reactivate an account, one and two plex to merge them. I'm like, oh, three months just to merge the accounts, but they offered to do it for free. Their customer service is always so nice. I've never had a problem with them. They're like right on the ball. Yeah, totally. And really willing to work with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, they're like, whether it be a ship loss or something, like, it was like, oh, don't even bother. They're not going to respond. I'm like, mm, well, just, you know, just give them time, but like, they'll get back to you for sure. And they're super polite. Yeah, I've always found them helpful. I don't know what the, you know, disgruntled people are talking about. Oh, yeah. I lost the Legion, like, just because of a, a socket closure. And they're like, they gave it back to me and all my stuff. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. So you like CCP, you're a fan? Um, I think that they're outstanding in that they do innovative things. I think that they, like any people that have vested interest in their company, have made mistakes, and that's fine. But they're willing to to admit when they make mistakes, and I think that's far more important than um, you know. Like there's certainly things that they've done that I'm that I find questionable. Like I'd certainly like to be a fly on the wall because they. Um, I got a survey recently from them that was like. 25 half like half an hour long to do and it was all about integrating dust back into the game but i don't know how you could sweep the dust off of a pc game and reintegrate it into eve but kudos to them if they can do it but you know there's that there's the serenity server which was a bad idea from the get-go and used up all their capital but they don't they notice when they fumble the ball and they make an effort to pick it up again so that's good wait did you just say you got an email about integrating dust or is this mm -hmm. a long time ago oh no like a month ago what? What did they say? Um, they want to talk about, so reviving Dust as a fully integrated um, offshoot to, to EVE Online. So it would be a PC game, not a console game. Still same format as Dust, but where the, the information is shared completely between alliances and um, corporations and your characters. Um, they wanted to have EVE Online benefits to goals or things that you complete in Dust and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I don't know how you scrap it off a console, right? PC, like PS3 was a really weird programming format, so I don't know. But well, that's amazing. I didn't know that. That sounds interesting. I so like gonna make it, it was cool. They're gonna make it a mini game to Eve, basically. Yeah, or like it just a side along because they like the storyline of it, and and it has its ups and downs. But certainly, the lore in Eve is is what keeps a lot of it going. I mean, lore players, the people who pay for their accounts like a year at a time, eh? and they're mm -hmm. the ones that, that get other people excited and stay following it. So. I certainly think that any additional story or way to explore the story is is great, but they have a tendency to put big things on their plate and then be like, oh, crap, and or invest too much in it before 
being able to turn back the the clock or the work, I guess. So, so how did you get a, How did you get an email like that? They must think that you're a thinker of some sort out there. What do you do for, for uh, real world <laughs> existence? In in in, 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 in in you mean? No, in real life. Like what oh, is, in real life, uh, I'm a cognitive neuroscientist. So I used to my practice or my undergrad work was with. Um, with kids with autism doing a, a socialization programs. Wow, Eve must be perfect for you then. It's a... I'm a little spectrumy myself, like, mm. and for sure OCD. So it, the game's right at my house. <laughs> it attracts a certain type of person. Like, I, if you yeah. ever thought that um, that Fallout was hoarding, like Fallout has nothing on Eve. I have so much stuff hoarded all over space. And you know what they really need to do is change the thing. So fitting from station containers and not being able to view station containers when you're not at the station, that drives me crazy. But mm. um, probably spaghetti code. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into the code in just a minute. I'm more interested in you right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that. I think everybody's exciting. I'm not that. I was in university for 15 years, did a biopsych degree, and then cognitive. Uh, Wait, it took you 15 years degree. to graduate? Oh no, I also have to. <laughs> I also hold degrees in in multidimensional geometry and high energy particle physics, but I did those for fun. Oh my god! Speak five languages. Hold on a second. I have to, I have to reorient my brain. That's that's just that's just too much intelligence in one person. No, no, no. Like it just. I was good with the book learning, and I, you know, I travel lots. So you know, I wanted to learn Mandarin. So I went to Beijing and lived there for a year and a half teaching psych. And so because I think it's important to learn a bit of other languages because then you get to know more about those people. And I learned, uh, you know, a little bit of Swedish. I speak French fluently, of course, because I'm in Canada. Um, Swahili because I lived in Kenya for a year and a half. So you're I'm, like a, a real life person that can inject skills, it sounds like. <laughs> all right. Sometimes. I think most of my, most of my skill comes from just being, seeing big picture. It's sort of my, I don't know, inherent ability, I suppose. but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big picture kind of guy. Well, I'm not jealous at all. You said you work at a university too? I did. I did when I was well, here in Canada when I was doing my undergrad, I taught first and second year psych. Like ugh, my first year was worse. It was like a 680 person class. It was brutal. I never I tell you what, I never marked anybody's never read anybody's paper. I just if I saw you in class every day, I gave you an A. If I saw you sometimes, I gave you a B. Like there's no way I'm reading 600 papers a week before <laughs> finals. Good luck. Yeah. But uh did that and was trying to, I was going to take a job at uh, UC Berkeley, but I turned it down for ethical reasons. And then my professor decided not to, not to retire. And so I couldn't get tenure and I got mad and moved across from Vancouver to, to Quebec and uh, ended up working at the hospital there doing work with autistic kids and mostly just learning French. And that's oh. about it. So getting you, away from the prairies where I grew up. Yeah, I understand that. So here you are working in another university, Eve University. <laughs> what do you do there? Um, so when I joined Eve, I, like I said, my or I mentioned to you earlier, my previous character, I just had done industry, I, which was great. It was fascinating. But you get to a point where you're like, I want to see what else is out there. And without, you know, my my other guys that I was doing industry with, I couldn't really, you know, feasibly do it myself. And I don't have enough RAM in my own brain to multi-box. So I... Um, it's like, okay, well, what's the best way to sort of learn pew, pew, pew? And I was, you know, I, th I thought that Eve University was actually a subset of CCP because I, you know, it, the game used to populate you into their, like the Eve Uni help channel when you started. So I was like, oh, what's this? And, and I just found out that it wasn't that. So I sort of looked into it and I had way more skill points than they normally take, but I was like, you know, I want to learn um, 
want to learn PV, PVP and, and I want to try out what you got. And it seems like a good way to do it and meet some other people. And I met some, I mean, before there's great people, but I've met really some unbelievable people the first, first little while when I had joined. And I, um, I actually <laughs> went blind six months after joining the Eve, Eve Uni for about seven months. And I still, they had a, they have an area on their lounge called uh, the student lounge or the public lounge where people who are either waiting for. Wait, what their, do you mean you went blind though? I went blind. Yeah, I lost, I lost one eye last year, so I'm stereo blind. And then I had a complication with a surgery to save my remaining eye, which involved um, some crazy surgery, which uh, resulted in me being blind for seven months. Wow. But I still played Eve. I, <laughs> wow. I, would, I logged. I logged in and I would sit in the in the voice channel and I'd help people out as best I could, not being able to see the game, or like squinting at a very when it came back a very very blurry sixty inch plasma TV and could sort of figure things out. But I um, I memorized a lot of the a lot of the stuff and a lot of the wiki for for Eve Uni, so I was able to help people out that way. And, Just sitting uh, there talking to them out of memory. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know I. I find the game rewarding and I find it rewarding when other people find it rewarding and I, and I enjoy how excited people get. So I tried my best to, to help out. And when I got better, um, our, our, I guess he was a mentor and a, our Diplo at the time, Sikander Cole, he's moved on to initiative and T grads and um, another brilliant, brilliant player. She's just lovely. Um, uh, Brand Kedar. They're like, you know, we have the orientation department. So it's people that when they come to the uni, um, you sort of welcome them, you send them a five day letter that's personalized. Say, hey, have you found a campus yet? What were you looking at doing? And then you touch base with them two weeks later, and then a month later, and three months later to make sure they're finding things okay. And sort of makes the overwhelming amount of information, both from the game and from Eve Uni, uh, a little bit more palpable. And uh, you sort of, you know, I don't know, it's just like an orient, like a, um, I guess, um, or an orientation op person when you join regular university in a, in, a, in a dorm or anything like that, getting people acclimated and stuff and see that they get sent on their way, which is really fun. I mean, a lot of paperwork, but super, super fun. So th right. this is what you do? This is what I did. Oh. And then I moved on to, um, to our student advocacy department, which is directly under uh, Laura or, or whoever's the CEO at the time. And it's a like a, an arbitrary third party that's neutral. So if a staff in uni has a problem with another staff member or one of our members have a problem with a staff member or even somebody outside the game, we have a forum for them to either report their problem anonymously or sit down and have a discussion. It's like HR basically. Yeah. Um, but we also report uh, EULA violations to CCP. Um, I mean, it's the sort of the department you don't want to have a conversation with because it's usually not a good thing, but, you know, enforcing our mm. rules and our, our, you know, even it has really strict comms, but it's for the enjoyment of everybody because we have minors and we have, you know, all sorts of people. Yeah. And so my job would be to lurk and enforce our chat well, rooms and stuff. So. Well, we'll talk again, talk more about Eve Unix. Yeah. I want to learn more about them. Uh, although I was in there, I was uh, going through there. I didn't Everybody's get involved. been through there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Well, and that's good. Really yeah. I'm in their events department now. So I'm a party planner. I've done a lore tour with um, uh, the gentleman that gave a, t a lecture at the uh, at FanFest a few years ago. I Mark 726? Yeah. I took like 60 people on a tour of New Eden all over the place. It was like five oh, hours long. It was, yeah. it was awesome. I went to the gate for the first time with Eve Uni. They took it's me cool. The Did you go to see Steve too? I didn't see Steve. I just did the... Uh, oh. yeah. We got you, can piece, you can get a piece of Steve. What? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It used to, if you searched the wreck, you would get a piece of Steve. <laughs> That's and from cool. the monolith, you can get a mini monolith that refines into a handful of tiny stars. You can get a oh, wow. box. Cosmo sites have some weird lore stuff like Neat. cooking with Veldspar. 
Yeah, I actually did the same thing. I did the history tours of battle sites. So I would take people oh, to cool. systems where battles happened. And I would bring people who actually fought in the battles. Like I took Boat back to Asakai and said, tell us about what happened here. And he explained the whole thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Actually, I'd never been to the um, the memorial, like where people have planted um, like mobile depots in space with um, their name of, of a person that they've lost or somebody mm, that yeah. they want to. It was actually profound. I, it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this, because I'd only just seen a picture. But it was, I mean, you know, that doesn't happen in Call of Duty. Like it really was a remarkable thing like everybody took a good 15 minutes to sort of just have a look and the game it never ceases to amaze me really right yeah what is right. it about how do, how do you look at the game because you're somebody's obviously highly intelligent i work wish with i could do a functional mri on people as they play i i feel like it is really a lot of information that you're processing fast and I'd yeah. love to see what parts of a brain, a person's brain are active for sure. What situa situational awareness and all that kind of stuff. I, I oh, saw, yeah. I saw something that was hilarious and that was a person's uh, Fitbit or whatever had like seen their, you know, you could see their heart rate all day long. And it was like, here's their workout in the middle of the day. And of course, there's a huge spike. And then near the end of the day, there's another huge spike. And it says, gate camp by Northern Coalition. <laughs> Well, I have a propensity to fly ridiculously shiny ships just because it's fun and because I love the butt clench. I like, I like <laughs> Amamaki Pirate. I love the Amamaki Pirate guys for that same reason. Like, if you're down in like Nullsec, you know, just unfinished um, a nester with a whole bunch of blue and purple modules just because, like, <laughs> it's fun. Put the value in there to make it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's because, you know, if I've lost something in the game, it's usually because either I'm stupid and done something foolish or the other people are just better prepared or better pilots. So I have no problem with it. You should treat your ships like ammunition. Well, They're I think valuable. that's part of it. Isn't, aren't there, isn't there some arcane knowledge sometimes that people know that you can't know until you're defeated and told, yeah, this is how I beat you? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And hopefully, if, like, there's a lot of people that are really good about that, that after they blow you up, they'll tell you why. Like, there's mm -hmm. certainly great players in the game. But I think learning to not be afraid of getting blown up is one of the key stepping points for or graduation points for any pilot like you because you lose that nervousness mm -hmm. and it makes you just a tiny bit faster and a tiny like it's like playing chicken like if you're just a little more daring you might have just that chance if somebody has to turn and run away you might have the chance so if your balls yeah. you're not worried about your ship great don't lose your pod because implants i mean that sucks to lose but mm -hmm. you have to treat ships like ammunition don't you absolutely 100 percent hundred percent. And that's, we, that's one of the things we do down in, in our little area of NullSec is give people ships to fly so they don't have to worry about losing their own and, you know, AWOX yeah. them just so they can get over the, the fear. <laughs> well, how, how do you, how do you take the pressure off somebody not to fear loss? Because if you lose your ship with other people that are losing, you don't feel like such a dumbass. If you do, mm -hmm. if loss together makes it more of a growing experience rather than a loss experience. Losing your ship by yourself somewhere near Jita or like in Tama, that sucks because it was all you. You have nobody to blame and nobody to like pat you on the back and go, no, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're with five people and you all die, meh. Somehow it becomes funny, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're all dumbasses and do something ridiculous. So <laughs> I had to uh, die I together. A, That's I the secret legion to because I ran into a, a fleet of 56 goon jackdaws. Not only did they annihilate me in about a second, they sent me one isk every five minutes for three hours because that was funny what yeah, cause, <laughs> cause just because because they're dead because they're dicks but <laughs> you just lost that block no hopefully you get some of them just no, for no, calling no, no. i just no no it was just that thing because they were probably out on a roam or doing something it was during the summer battle last year and they were probably bored and they're like oh let's just kill anything anything 
no, no, I'm fine. That's fine with it. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So uh, where do you come down on like the direction of EVE Online right now? Are you pleased with the way it's going? Um, I, I think that any movement is good movement. I'm not going to say that I'm not pleased that I'm not one of those people that EVE is dying because obviously that's not true. I mean, if you look at their, the attrition numbers and, and people joining the game, I mean, certainly it's been on a growth since, certainly since the new player experience introduced about, was it two years ago now? Um, but players join. It, it's what other MMO has been around for this long with this much of a consistent player, like um, players, like despite what Sovnal people say, they don't make up the majority of the game. It's newer people in high sec, but I wish the new PVE content would have been like group PVE. Cause I feel solo PVE was not the way to go because it's ultimately a social game. And the sooner you get that social connection, the better off you'll be. And the earlier you're flying with a team of pilots that you're always flying with same time zone, same people, you learn to know what they fly, how you fly. And you learn your roles really quick the sooner they can get that integrated people the better prepared they'll be to go out and have real combat for sure you think they'll expand in that direction and if you're on the csm would you push them to that you know i'm not going to push the csm to do something like that i have a i far would prefer the thing that i'm looking for twofold is one of two or two things really i would like the csm to function more cooperatively because really it people may have their interests and that's fine if you're playing in low sec you're going to have low sec interests if you're playing out one you know wherever you are you have your vested interest in certain areas but the C, the csm has a unique opportunity to provide a game with direct immediate feedback not even from a focus group point of view but people that are actually invested in the game and where it goes and i would like to see them you know be a little more i mean i'm sure they're great but a little more cooperative and, and less of their own interests in mind and certainly my skills in real life are about facilitation and getting people to work together and and communicate effectively so i think that's something i would like to see and i really would like to see a way i had to explain this before so when the people moved out into when people moved out into Sovnal, that was because there was space there to conquer and there was a reason to go out there and they they got that space and nobody needs to take it away from them i don't care what people say about the mechanics and who's you know, rat carrier ratting, and that's a big isk sink, and blah, blah, blah. Those people have been playing for at least a decade and deserve everything that they have, and you can't poo-poo them for what they've got. However, new high-sec players, I've been keeping track over the last six months of attrition rates when people leave the game. It seems to be at a nine-month point, and again, in about a year and a half. So I tried to figure out what was happening at those points and i'm lucky because of my position at eve uni i was able to get feedback from both new people old people where they're going why they've left to come back why they came back the nine month gap seems to be when people will get experienced enough in high second they go oh i'm gonna go into low second and the game so wait, a wait thing. i lost you there what happened well, people, will, after about nine months, they've got enough skill that they feel they want to try low sec or a little bit more challenging areas of space. So they venture into low sec and they get just murdered by skilled skilled players that just is in that garbage region. And then they are frustrated and they give up. They haven't formed corporations or alliances or anything like that. They're just usually playing by themselves and it's disheartening. Mm -hmm. So that's the first hurdle that they need to get over. And the second is at about a year and a half, if they've moved out, people feel like, that's when people have been doing it with just a friend that they've joined the game with or another thing. But again, it's the, the joining a larger group. And as much as CCP says that people join a corporation, do this, there's the corporation mechanic is so awkward. It's awkward to find a corp that's suitable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awkward to find one because you see a lot of people that'll join several before they find their home or they're not happy. I don't think a lot of corps do good interviews like they used to. I mean, mm -hmm. we still do and some, some do, but, um, you know, I would like to see 
newer players have the opportunity to form up because they do make two thirds of the game. And if you could give them a reason to venture out into low sector, and like as a big group, they would be safer. There's more of them. And if you could, I, I don't want to say incentivize Sobnol groups to accepting them, but maybe a mentorship program or some way or some reason for them to bring those players out. I think that that's one of the most, most important things you could do for the game because you're going to get longer term players. You're going to get less attrition. People are going to be holding their accounts for greater than nine months. And LOSEC, or sorry, Sovnol needs people, needs new people, needs new blood to get, you know, shake off the bitter vet dust. And really those new players, that's the new money into the game. Those You want to move from a company point of view, you want to migrate those people who are playing, you know, a month have gone from alpha to playing month by month. You want to get them onto the year subscription. You want to get them interested in the greater game. And it's really easy to do. Even mm -hmm. as an orientation officer, I've paired up people that because I didn't have time to be a mentor. So I'd be like, oh, you three people, what what time zone are you in? You want to do exploration? Oh, here are these two guys want to do it too. Yeah. Some within kind of three Yeah, and within three days, they were teaching other people and they were a group of like ten and we noticed somebody that would be a good FC and who moved on to the FC program. Like yeah, yeah. they you it's really not hard. But the people people play Eve because they want to play. You don't get into the game going, Oh, this is gonna be Mario Kart. Like it's hard. You know it's hard right from the get-go. So yeah, you need you know, the cover of other people, as you were saying. It's easier to die in a mass group than it is in to every, die The game is everything about yeah. groups. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I've made friendships in the game that I will have the rest of my life. That I, yeah. you know, people that I that I care about and that I, I don't know. Somebody once said that people role play their character. I think that's wrong. I think their character role plays them. I feel like your character, your, people are so invested in their characters that they're a condensed condensed distilled version of yourself hmm. so that's interesting i always thought there should be a tinder for eve <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like the guy left. yeah somebody developed that you know that way like you know or a hot or not for corporations or glass you know whatever some way of rating corporations you know what i noticed was interesting a lot of female players play as guys because they don't like the smack talk like there's a lot of i've been in some fleet comms that are rather misogynistic and i mean that's sure fine. that's in gaming but like some of these girls are fierce man like holy crap yeah. like because oh. i guess you have to be but oh, i wouldn't want to like you know run into them in i just hired moment. i just hired two of them they come equipped with clubs it's uh yeah yeah i, li I kind of like it <laughs> yeah eve girls are tough <laughs> totally tough like it's like way more so for sure yeah but well, it's uh i don't know it's interesting well cool all right well listen good luck on this campaign now you said yeah. earlier you had um vision problems how's your vision now well i had an optical I, um a retinal detachment last year which is just can happen if you're nearsighted it's you're at a greater risk for it and i was always been i was born stereo blind so i my i lack the well, the wiring in my brain to see 3D. So I see in 2D, which mm. is fine. It just is different. It's fairly common. But when I lost my left eye, if you've had a, neural, a retinal detachment in one, you're at a 70% risk of it happening to the remaining eye, and then you'd be permanently blind. So your choice of to fixing it is either one called retinal or um, optical banding, where they basically stitch a silicone elastic band to either side of your eye and then to the back of your eye cavity to pull your eye physically against the back of your eye harder against the retina so that it's less likely to tear because of course if you're nearsighted it's pulling your eye sort of oblong and putting strain on the back hmm. or the one that i opted for where this machine comes down and punctures your eye and replaces the intraocular fluid with a silicon gel which is rather a creepy thing to have very sci-fi yeah but it's better than going blind but wow yeah so like, do you have a 
eye patch like a pirate? I do, and I have a parrot. So. Oh yeah. my god, you're Arr, my hero. Lady. <laughs> Which is funny because she's that kind of parrot too, like the yellow and blue and green and orange. And... <laughs> really nice to meet you. <laughs> really nice to meet you as well. I'm glad we were able to sit down and talk. I I don't know what my chances are. You know, I know that people vote as a, as a block, but um. I, I think that everybody should listen to all the candidates, really. And and vote is voting is the most important thing, but vote for who you think can bring the game forward. If that's not me, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But I really want people to be in, involved in the game and don't just overlook the CSM. I think it's a unique thing that we have, being able to speak to the developers of a game we love. So I'm sure, I think that people vote for people they connect with and who see the game the way they see it. And you've given people a lot to connect to. So thanks for showing up. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you.